Let's take it back to 2005. I'm 16. I'm really in the depths of my love for hip hop. Naturally, I'm pulled to the artists coming from the Midwest. That's Kanye, Nelly, Jay Dilla, anyone coming from the Midwest. And around this time, Kid Cudi gets to bubbling. But as a fan of the art form, you have to recognize the real move from the South. Every school dance, party, and in every car is a man from Atlanta, Gucci Man. Gucci Man was everything that people my age loved. And while they loved Gucci, I was much more of a fan of Young Jeezy. They were cordial collaborators at this point in May of 2005. After being introduced shortly after the release of his mixtape, Streets is Watching, Jeezy had a working relationship with Gucci by collaborating on Gucci's Black Tea, a flip of Dim Franchise Boys' own breakout record White Tea, opening the door for future joint efforts between the two. The next collab would be So Icy, the Jeezy-assisted lead single from Gucci Mane's debut album, Trap House. This was released, sparking a huge buzz for the newcomer and helping booster Jeezy's own hype in the mainstream media. But So Icy would make most of my peers lifelong fans of Gucci. However, discrepancies over ownership of the record as Jeezy's request to release the record as part of his own Def Jam debut, Let's Get It Thug Motivation 101, was denied and led to tension and a start of one of the craziest beefs that went off record in hip hop history. Because of the snub that Jeezy felt, he fired first on Stay Strapped, calling out Gucci by both his government name and his rap name on the instrumental to T.I.'s ASAP. He would close out the record by issuing a $10,000 bounty on Gucci Man's chain. Jeezy was letting it be known that he no longer fucked with Gucci and it was now going to escalate beyond music. Gucci wouldn't let this slight last long without a retort of his own. Round one would send shots right back at Jeezy, proving that this beef would be one with multiple shots sent. Almost two weeks after the first shot was sent, it would turn deadly, as Gucci would be the victim of a home invasion and attempted robbery. Gucci would protect himself and his property by shooting one of the intruders, fatally wounding him. The intruder would later be identified as Henry Lee Clark III, aka Pookie Loke, a native of Macon, Georgia, and an artist signed to Jeezy's corporate Thugs Entertainment. Gucci would turn himself into the DeKalb County Police after a warrant was issued for his arrest on a murder charge in the death of Clark. He would go on to post a $100,000 bail on the day of his debut album release. Shortly after his arrest, Gucci self-proclaimed his innocence during a phone interview from jail stating, I just want to let everyone know I'm not a murderer. I was upset. I was scared a little bit, but I had to do what I had to do. You gotta be a man about it. I'm not a bad person. I have remorse for everything that happened. He expounded on the remorse years later in his memoir, The Autobiography of Gucci Man, recalling a prayer he made in prison while in an isolation cell, writing, So pray tonight for Gucci Man and even pray for Jeezy. When Guap was released on bond while awaiting trial for the murder of Pookie Lo, he returned to prison six months later after pleading no contest to a separate assault charge. While serving the six-month sentence for the assault, the charges in his murder case were dropped due to insufficient evidence and eyewitness testimony. Gucci admitted to shooting his attackers but maintained that he acted in self-defense, leaving the prosecutors with no evidence for a murder charge. With the murder charges now behind him, by 2008, Gucci would relaunch a verbal assault on Jeezy with the release of 745, name-checking his arch-nemesis, rapping, Do I smell pussy? Now that's Jeezy. You ain't a snowman. You're more like a snowflake. Cupcake, cornflake, nigga, you're too Gucci flaky. makes it clear that his vindication in the eyes of the law hadn't tempered his disdain for Jeezy. By 2008, Gucci would take a page out of the bestseller Art of War and line himself with friends of Jeezy and the industry, first joining DJ Drama for his own Gangster Girls mixtape, The Movie. While the tape didn't contain any blatant slights against Jeezy, he didn't take to Drama's new affiliation well. By January 2009, after the release of The Movie, Jeezy's CTE crew would get into it with Drama and his crew at the screen 
screening of Notorious, the biopic of Biggie, Jeezy will let his feelings about drama be known, referring to his former DJ as a bitch and a cornball in a XXL interview in the months following the incident. Breaking ties with Jeezy in 2007 was his former manager and business partner known as Coach K. Coach would now move on to assisting Gucci with his career and breaking him into a new level. The two would establish that there would be no bad blood or personal issues. Coach K and Gucci would prove to be a successful duo. The next album, The State vs. Roderick Davis, would become his most successful at that point of his career. After remaining mum on the elephant in the room for years, Jeezy broke his silence in 2009 by unleashing 2423, which included multiple barbs aimed squarely at Gucci, rhyming, Jeezy, who may have been triggered by Gucci's new affiliations and partnerships from former members of his circle, throws down the gauntlet once again in their cold war. We're going to take a short ad break here and get right back to the show. Thank you for listening to that ad. Now back to the show. Rumors began circulating that Gucci was open to working with Jeezy in the late 2009. Jeezy went to DJ Drama's radio show to squash his beef with drama, as well as publicly extend an olive branch to Gucci. Calling into the show from jail, Gucci attributed his change of heart to his love for the trio's hometown Atlanta, stating, I'd like to just say, it's way bigger than all of us. I feel like the way the city's been supporting all three of us, they deserve this. It's about that time, man. We're getting older, growing, let's do something for the city. Days later, Gucci Mane made another appearance on the radio, this time calling into Power 106 LA for an interview with Big Boy, during which he doubled down on his plans to work with Jeezy and put the beef behind them. We already collaborated on two songs, Rap Revealed. One is already out, and one is debuting in a few weeks. March 4, 2010, the ceasefire between Gucci Mane and Jeezy was broken. Waka Flocka and members of Gucci Mane's crew got into a fight with associates of Jeezy's outside of an Atlanta clothing store. Neither Jeezy nor Gucci were present, but one of Waka's security guards discharged his weapon during the altercation, and Waka allegedly left injured with a black eye at the hands of a CTE rapper, Slick Pulla. Although the two central figures of the beef were uninvolved in the melee, it silenced all dis- discussions of Jeezy and Gucci burying the hatchet, let alone working together on one accord. During a 2011 interview with Sway Calloway, Gucci doubled back on his willingness to work with Jeezy, stating that the two had started conversations, but that a collaboration seemed unlikely at that juncture. However, he did acknowledge that the beef had since been squashed. We just came to a sit-down of just respecting the fact that somebody can get hurt, and it ain't gonna be us, he shared. Months after the interview with Gucci, Sway Calloway sat down with Jeezy to get his thoughts on his working and personal relationship with LaFlair. Jeezy pointed out a misunderstanding stemming from him not doing live performances of So Icy alongside Gucci during the song's initial release, but blames his hesitancy on medical issues he was experiencing at the time. As a result of recording and performing, Jeezy's vocal cords were damaged, leading him to have to undergo throat surgery. Unbeknownst to the general public and even his own label, there was an altercation at the 2012 BET Hip Hop Awards, but this time between Jeezy and Rick Ross. Gucci would go on to make comments about it at an appearance at the Breakfast Club stating, Ross is a friend of mine. Of course, Jeezy is not. I ain't got no respect for him, which was the first disrespectful remark he'd made about Jeezy since their supposed truce in 2009. Just days later, Jeezy responded to Gucci's comments about him during an interview at Power 106, adding, Man, everybody knows that boy is retarded. Ain't nobody taking him seriously. He has an ice cream cone on his face. Let's be for real. I'm not going back. I'm going forward. Jeezy also made a point to mention that it was Gucci who'd previously reached out for the collaboration and that he declined as further evidence of Gucci's erratic behavior. Within a day of Jeezy's new statements, Gucci released a diss track against Jeezy titled truth, in which he denigrates Jeezy about various preconceived shortcomings, challenging Jeezy's street credibility and accusing him of being a bad father and a sucker for love. Gucci holds nothing back on his onslaught, even referencing the 2005 killing of Pookie Loke with the line, 
$10,000 bounty put on my neck. I hope you didn't pay them because they didn't have no success. Same day of the release of Truth, Gucci Man took to Twitter to further disparage Jeezy by betting 100000 that he could beat him up if the two were to get into an altercation. Jeezy would not issue a response to the diss track nor the additional commentary. In August of 2013, Gucci Man challenged the manhood and honor of not only Jeezy, but two other star rappers out of the South, tweeting, Your top three pussy ass rappers. Mine's Jeezy, Yo Gotti, and Tip. No brainer, but there's hundreds more. Go. Hashtag WW3. Having gone nearly a decade without directly acknowledging the death of Henry Clark III, aka Pookie Loke, Jeezy spoke on his deceased friend's death on Forgive Me, a track from the rapper's 2015 Church in the Streets album, rapping. Jeezy wears his emotions on his sleeve and lends further credence to Gucci's belief that his involvement in the fateful home invasion in 2006. In an interview with the late Combat Jack in 2016, Jeezy spoke on his relationship with Gucci, who had recently been released from prison at the time. Jeezy revealed that the two hadn't spoken since his release and admitted to not having any plans to reach out. I'ma tell you like Nori, I'm just focused on me, man. Jeezy offered me and mine. If it got something to do with that, if it doesn't, man, honestly, I'm grown. In 2018, years since his last mention of Jeezy or their lengthy beef, Guap took the Instagram to commemorate Truth by asking his followers if they felt it was the hardest track ever made. While the post doesn't mention his name, being the song was an all-out assault on Jeezy's character and went as far as to poke fun at killing of his close friend, the post can be seen as another shot at Jeezy. One topic during Jeezy's most recent conversation with The Breakfast Club was him participating in a versus battle with the snowman, revealing that he reached out to Swiss Beats personally about battling his longtime nemesis. I'ma keep it a buck, Jeezy said. When I even got the call about versus, I got the call from Swizz, Swizz called me and was like, yo Swizz, if I do it, it's only one person I'll do it with. And he was like, who? And I was like, Gucci. Reach out to him, let me know what's up. However, according to Jeezy, Gucci respectfully declined, which resulted in him initially being paired up against T.I. After initially declining the invitation to battle against Jeezy in a versus battle, Gucci Man suddenly had a change of heart and announced that he'd put their differences aside and go heads up against the snowman for the love of the culture. Guwaf tweeted, tell buddy get ready, at versus online, pitting the matchup as trap god versus a snow cone. The battle would start with Gucci performing every diss track he made about Jeezy and Jeezy just sitting in his chair making small comments about it here and there and playing his hits, not letting it take him off his game as far as records go. By the end of the evening, the two would perform so icy together in a room full of their two crews and not one incident at the event happened. After the event, or at the after party, they were all together as well. It's safe to say, with smaller, smarter circles around and the benefit of getting older, these two were able to put their, their past behind them and perform that old record again at, for at least one night. No one knows whether these two legends would ever collaborate again, chances are slim, but their individual bodies of work and the collabs we do have are enough to put them in a category of legends, especially in Atlanta. This versus battle is still available to view on Instagram, and I'm sure it can be found on YouTube. Thank you for listening to this episode of Hip Hop History. Please like and subscribe, leave a review if possible, and follow us on Instagram if you're there at Hip Hop History Pod. Thank you and have a great day. Thanks.